I was promoted and fired in the same day from that job because I asked for a pay increase and they said, we don't do that. And I got my real estate license in three days and moved home. So that was August of 2017. I tell people I should have bought a lottery ticket or something because I moved out like a week before Harvey hit um, uh, a huge hurricane in the Houston area. Yeah. So yeah. I was very blessed to leave when I did. And it's just been great ever since. Well, hey, everybody, it's Ryan Surratt, the Mortgage Guy, and today I am joined on the Agent X Factor podcast with Bethany Nolan of Nolan Properties, who's a broker associate there, and Bethany, it needs to be stated, is my first guest that I know of that's also an Aggie, so I'm pumped up to have a fellow Aggie on the podcast. Bethany, how are you doing today? Giggum. We love to hear it. Yeah, that's right. For Aggies. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, hey, Bethany, how did you get into doing uh, real estate? You know, you were at AM and then what what happened from there that got you into real estate? Yeah. So real estate was always in the long-term game plan for myself and for my family. My father, who is my broker owner, is in commercial construction, kind of knew that none of us were coming in to take over the construction side of it and wanted to build a company that my sisters, I have two sisters, one older, one younger, both Aggies, um, but wanted something that we could grow into in our profession if we wanted to. And so I got my undergrad at Texas A&M and Ag Communications and Journalism with a minor in horticulture and event planning. Tell me I didn't know what I wanted to do. Wow, and that's excellent. I went straight to Texas Tech and got my master's in communications as well and did a quick stint in PR in Houston. Loved it, hated it, all of it at the same time. <laughs> I learned a lot and it just wasn't for me. And so I'm not the finest example, but I was promoted and fired in the same day from that job because I asked for a pay increase and they said, we don't do that. And I got my real estate license in three days and moved home. So that was August of 2017. I tell people I should have bought a lottery ticket or something because I moved out like a week before Harvey hit um, uh, a huge hurricane in the Houston area. Yeah. So yeah. I was very blessed to leave when I did. And it's just been great ever since. So I went in head first. Wow. That's excellent. So about six years, I guess, uh, five or six years in real estate, you've seen the ups and the downs yeah. of it. And so, so as a, as a top agent, uh, what are, you know, two or three things that you do that you really feel like they add to your business. And those are the things that have made you where you are. Absolutely. I will say that I was blessed to get into the industry when I did, because it was slow. Mm. So I have seen it slow. I have seen it fast. I've seen it medium. And now I've seen it where there's no inventory or things to choose from. A couple of things I really focus on per se with my clients is just communication. I stay in communication over communication for the most part, lenders, clients, title companies, 
the more you overcompensate for that, the better, because then they feel like they're being taken care of. And that's what a lot of people have lacked. Yeah, I would say during this tap downtime, it's been really important to focus on marketing because where you have a little more time than you used to really hone in on that time space we had to focus in on social media or print marketing or just sharpening any of those sales skills. So yeah. those have been two of my biggest pillars during this time in the industry and just Marketing our branding, really sharpening the branding and what Nolan Properties is, what we cover areas. You know, we sell Texas, so we have agents all over East Texas that do different pockets, but we're also in Austin. We're also in and out of Dallas. So making sure people know that as well. Hmm. I love it. Uh, we love it. Uh, okay, so communication and marketing with mm -hmm. emphasis on branding. So those are... so. You said you're really big on communication. You know, some real estate agents aren't. So, yep. so what does that look like uh, in regards to you being big on communication, being effective there? It's really keeping it relationship focused. I think that's the key in this business. Um, anyone thinks they can do it, but how are you building those relationships one on one? So, it can be phone calls, it can be text messages. Really understanding what my clients' preferences are what their work schedule looks like, really going with their needs. And same with building those lender relationships, title companies, surveyors, everything, because it just makes it a smoother transition from beginning to end. If I can call a lender and say, hey, I need you to do this right now. Can you turn it around to the title company? Hey, my client can't close that day. I need it two days before. They're going to make it work when you have a relationship. And so sure. same with clients and communication. It's just checking in. It's, hey, nothing's going on. This is the hurry up and wait process. But here's what we can focus on. Make sure you're responding to your lender. Make sure you're signing documents and ask me questions when you have them. And instead of just being a silent party during that, I would say, downtime during the transaction of underwriting or when they're sure. waiting on the appraisal, being communicative and making them still feel like they know what's going on during the process. So I have to ask with that, do you, is there a certain time frame that you try to touch base with your clients as a, you know, whether the selling or buying that you're touching to with them, you know, once a month, once uh, every so many weeks, is there a, a schedule that you like to uh, follow? So every transaction is different. So I'd love to say there's an exact schedule, but there's not sure. because some things close in two weeks, some things close in four or six or eight. Yeah. So what I really try to do is upfront, I have a standard next steps document that I get with my clients and it has their contract. Here are all the important dates you need to know. Here's everything. Here's what our timeline looks like. Here's what an inspection is. Here's what an earnest money deposit is and why you need it. And here's how much who you write your check to. And then from there, I try to make all of my inspections if I can. I can't be everywhere, but if I can make it, I'm there because I want this to feel so hands-on and so personal because it is personal. You're buying a home. Mm. So I try to just be at every step of the way. If I can't, appraiser goes out. Even if I'm not there, it's just a text. Hey, they went out today. It's due on this date. I'll keep you in the loop. Let me know when you receive that paperwork from the lender. Same with my sellers. So it's not a standard timeline that I have sitting in front of me, but it's as things happen, I don't go great, good to hear and leave it. 
my clients need to know that as well so that yeah. they know what's going on. I tell them I I love trust. I don't love blind trust. So I want them to feel educated throughout the process and really feel that at the end, it's not, hey, Bethany handled this for me. I didn't have to lift a finger. I Yes, you want some of that, but I want it to be Bethany handled it. She kept me in the loop. I really feel like I understood the house buying process and that I really got it. I want them to be as educated as possible. Education is a huge pillar of everything I do. Mm. That's good. So you're educating, communicating throughout the entire transaction. Absolutely. Would you over almost over communicating potentially? I, I would hope so. Yeah. I, no. The information overload. Yeah. Do you have some clients that are like, I don't care what's in it. I won't, I want clients to talk to me to sign. I used to sit down in person when I first got in the industry. I did not docu-sign stuff over. I would meet them and walk them through, especially first-time home buyers. But we don't have as much time for that anymore. COVID kind of changed a lot of that. But even if I'm sending something over via dot loop or docu-sign. I want to get on the phone and kind of walk through, here's what it looks like. I'm looking at it while you you are. I have the luxury of having apps on my phone to where I can see the contract and go through it with them. I don't want them to sign it with any questions. I want them to truly understand what they sign. Huh, that's excellent. Do, do you, well, I know the answer. Not a lot of agents are that way. And I think that has definitely helped separate you from other agents. But that kind of, to me, makes the question of why do you think a lot of agents aren't in the process of communicating on a regular basis, keeping people updated, especially on the sell side, is what I have, I have realized. You know, you're, there's so much going on on the buy side, but the sell side, there's not always as much communication with a listing agent, such as in this type of market, where it's a little slower. Why do you think that is? It's tough because there's not a lot going on in this market. So mm -hmm. it depends on the price range the sales are in. I'm going to say I'm probably 60 listing side, 40 buying side right now, which is always the goal as you get in real estate, you start all buying and then you transition over. I sure. love both ends. I will never niche down. You don't really do that in East Texas, but I don't want sure. to. Sure. I love working each end of a transaction, but I would say you know, we forget sometimes, even when it's a client that's a friend as a seller, that they just want to know. They want to know, are we getting no calls? All you have to do is update and say, hey, market's still slow. Interest rates are still around this point. It's making it harder for those buyers. This is what a typical monthly payment would look like for your home. It's not, there's anything wrong with the house. There's no negativity. It's not priced too high. It's just not the right buyer yet. Uh, it's even if it, there's no news, you can give some type of news, which is important. You need to give some type of updates. I know a lot of people that have a weekly update with their sellers. That's a little information overload for some people. Some yeah. clients, I can just give updates, but with showings, I, even if my client doesn't live in the home anymore and it's vacant, Hey, we have a showing today. I'll let you know what feedback we received. Even if the agent does not give me feedback, I am saying, hey, no feedback is the feedback we got, which tells us they're not interested. We'll keep moving. I'm going to follow up with the agent, but that's how the showing went. Or, hey, they loved it. They just went with a different one. No negativity on the price range. No negativity on the layout of the home. It's still moving. So it's hmm. just 
on both ends, you still need to over communicate because that seller could get frustrated and they go, well, I want to be with someone that keeps me in the loop. It's not that deep to send a text. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Huh. No. That's good. Okay. So, so you, you mentioned marketing as well. So what marketing and branding, so which, uh, which I guess kind of in the same thing of sorts, we could go a little different there, but so what are you doing to, to brand yourself? I know, I know you're with a family company, but you're kind of branding the company through you, but what are you doing to brand yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, of course, I'm under my family brokerage. We're more boutique style, family owned and operated, but we have agents that cover all over, you know, to brand myself, I really focused on what you would call edutainment. So educational uh, entertainment. Okay. And I've really honed in on that through my social media. And I have really focused when Reels started, I really dove into that and dove in on videos and educational materials, sharing news articles, breaking it down for those buyers. I was actually getting my nails done last week and this guy was in there and he was like, hey, are you Bethany? And I was like, yeah, how can I help you? And he goes, you helped me and my wife buy our home. We've been watching your videos. You helped us. And I'm like, who was your agent? Cause it wasn't me. Tell me where that gap was. But <laughs> it made me so happy to know that uh. that content is going to people. And that branding of myself is, Hey, I'm ready to buy a home. I don't know where to start, but I know Bethany's going to have the materials that tell me about down payments, credit scores, how to build my credit score. So that's kind of where I've focused my marketing on. I've also focused it on kind of being a local expert. I've made it a goal of knowing where all the hot spots are to go so I can give those recommendations. I know what's trendy. I want to know where clients need to go when they go, hey, I want to go get a steak this weekend, or I want to go to a fun bar, or are there any new speakeasies in town? I need to know that because I'm a local expert. So my content kind of is starting to take a twist and a change to that direction too, of being more localized and hyper-focused. So all right, so we got to go back to the, uh, the the social media piece. Yeah, I love being a being a lo I love being a local expert. So when they come back to that, so the social media, the edutainment. Mm -hmm. So you're posting videos. I mean, I've seen a couple of these. You're where are you you're putting them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, all over. It's evergreen, in my opinion, because. It's, I have different followers on each channel. So I'm hitting different people. There's different demographics on each platform as well. So whereas I used to really work myself into the ground to have different content for each channel, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel when it's going to hit someone different each time. And I mean, the followers that love you and love to follow you on all channels, they get it. They're fine with it. And that was my concern was wow. I was going to be, well, they don't want to follow me on TikTok if I'm already posting it on Instagram. But at the end of the day, the algorithm is always repopulating. But I really, I put it everywhere and where it makes sense, of course. If I have a vertical video, it's only going to go in certain spots, only going to be a YouTube short, not a YouTube video. It's only going to be on the reels on Facebook, not as a video. And then I have home tours, which are only going to go on certain channels too. So it varies on the content type, of course, but I really try to keep it broad because you don't know who you hit. I hit different ages all the time. So with that, 
to go a little deeper, are you posting randomly? Is it uh, scheduled out? How do you how do you do that? So I try to have one still image, one to two a week. Um, that can be personal or that can be a sold home or a new listing. One to two, I think, is fair to not push yourself. I used to do one reel a day. I have leveled back on that. That's aggressive. Uh -huh. um, but I batch every week. So I batch every Tuesday morning if my schedule allows. I have rotaries Tuesday at noon. So I know I'm going to work from home in my hometown that day. So I'll batch out five to 10 videos depending on what I'm vibing with. Before that, I've already sifted through content. I've sifted through sounds. I've sifted through what I want to make those videos out of. And then I just make the video Tuesday and then I come back to it at another time. So I'm not burning myself out trying to be so, so, so creative every Tuesday morning. I do it over time. I post in the mornings. Um, about 9 a.m., 8, 9 a.m. is kind of the sweet spot on my channel. But every channel, your platforms tell you if you go to your insights, it's going to tell you when people are mainly on your page. The huh. insights are there to tell you what to do. And so that's my insights are 9 a.m. or 6 p.m. Makes sense. Just got to work, sitting around, scrolling. Just got home from work, sitting around, scrolling. It makes absolute sense why those are my time frames so I just cater to what the app tells me they want you to use yeah. their resources interesting that's uh so what would you tell an agent who is not using social media I mean is that are they missing the boat yeah jump on it I get over the ego put your ego in the back because I think that's the biggest issue is I want it to be perfect and we're all type a I want it to be perfect. It has to look right. It has to be aesthetically pleasing. And trust me, if anyone gets that, it's me. I get it. But posting over perfection is always the key. Make sure you're posting factual information. Make sure you're putting thought into it. And make sure you're not trying to just throw numbers out there to throw numbers. But post. Let people get to know you. Let Figure out maybe what you want your niche to be. Do you want to talk about investment properties? residential farm and ranch is there a specialty area that you think you'd be the expert for mine for the most part is home buyers and sellers typically first-time home buyers or how to prep your home to sell that's kind of my little sweet spot that a lot of people like I'm starting to delve a little more into investing because I just finished an investment property and I'm going into a second one but I feel like it has to align with what your brand is and what your experience is, because it will come off as phony if it's phony. Sure, sure. Huh, that's good. So, wow, you you have covered a lot of stuff good. in a short, short time, and you've answered a lot of my questions uh, just as we progress. So if you were to sit down with a, say, a, a baby agent, you know, you're six years into this, very successful, what, what would you tell them in this market as it's a little slower, they're trying to get going, What's some advice you would you would give? Focus on your branding and focus on following and shadowing and getting that experience. So we have newer agents in our office. And my focus with them is you may not be showing a lot. You may not be listing a lot. But guess what? Our brokerage has listings you can share. I have properties you can go show or you can go preview or you can go take photos and videos in. 
there yeah. are resources out there and it's not lying because you're going to give credit to the listing agent, but it gets you content out there and gets your face out there. No one knows you're selling real estate if you don't tell them. So you have to tell them, you have to remind them. You know, I've always, I understand the sphere of influence. I get it, but my my cousins and my friends and my family, they know it because it's always on their social media feed. I don't have to tell them. Yeah. I don't have to tell them what I'm doing. So when you preface kind of your marketing that way, people just know and they can't forget you. And that's the goal in the most authentic way. So I just tell them, get yourself out there, get yeah. past ego, take your videos, talk to your videos, get a green screen of a news article behind you saying, hey, interest rates just went up. What does this mean? This means payments may go higher. This means what you could spend per month may go a little down. So it's, there are so many things to talk about in this industry right now. And there are so many resources. I love Keeping Current Matters. They're a fantastic real estate blog um, and they have a great social media handle. And so does like The Real Deal and BAM, which is Broke Agent Media. Those all have fantastic resources to give you something to talk about. And it just keeps you in the know. And the more you're in the know, the more educated you are. And read and listen to podcasts and just stay informed. I have I try to read maybe three books a month. I'm not saying I'm doing good at it right now, but I'm working huh. on it like a reader behind you too. But I say the more you're reading, the more you're learning at the beginning is sure. the better way. I just finished ninja selling mm -hmm. and I wish I would have read it in my first year. Mm. A lot of, I, of course you can always grab a little something from in it. I think as long as you have one to two takeaways from a book, you're good. And it was worth yeah. the read, but I think that should be a, in your first month of being a realtor book. Huh. I, it was, I felt like it would have been so much more beneficial then than it is now. Interesting. I, I, uh, I haven't read that book, but I'll have to, I have to, uh, I have to look that up. What well, is there, is there a, gosh, this has been great. Is there anything else that you think that, that maybe we should have covered that, uh, I think that really you know, kind of covers me. Um, I love do. entertaining. I love sharing information. I always want to know what people want to hear about and want yeah. to learn more about. And that's where, you know, I would say to the agents trying to make content or lenders, ask your clients. If my clients and I are close by the end of the transaction, which we almost always are, and I go, hey, what are one or two things that surprised you during this process that you had no idea about? One or two things, because if it surprised them, hmm. it surprised a lot of other people. And guess where my content comes from? That. So I can, I think I had one girl say, I didn't know you could go to an inspection walkthrough. Okay. That's obvious to me, but I do this every day. It's not obvious to every other first time home buyer. So yeah your resources are right in front of you with your clients and they're happy to tell you what was shocking and what was not. And it's especially to my clients that follow me on social media, they are going to give me the best feedback. That is that right there. I mean, that's a, maybe a million dollar question right there. Someone really took that and applied it and, and yep. just even reached out to the past handful of deals, the 10 deals that they have done buy side, sell side, Ask for feedback. Ask what was you know something that surprised you. Maybe even a review. 
that right there could give them enough business maybe for the rest of the year. They could be applying it to marketing and huh, that's phenomenal. That really is. That's good. Well, Bethany, thank you for being on the podcast today. Hey, who, if someone want to reach out to you, whether they're an agent wanting more information or a client wanting to work with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Every social media handle, I am at Bethany Nolan Realtor. If all of your handles aren't the same people, no one can find you. So it's all <laughs> Bethany Nolan Realtor. So anybody can DM me. I respond quickly and I'm always happy to connect. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Bethany, for being on the show today. And to our listeners, we'll catch you next time as we interview top uh, agents like Bethany here and learn their secrets. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time.